The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Full Court Press, our number dos here on the uh, 106 and the fan. I was going to uh, try and radio. say, I was going to say on span in Spanish like your brother does. He can talk in Spanish now, I guess. He's been speaking a little more of the Spanish lingo around the office. Just picked it up and there he is. He's now speaking fluent Spanish. Uh, I don't know if I'd say fluent. Him. Oh, don't be jealous Would of him. Would not come close don't to saying Don't be jealous fluent. of him because he's talented. Uh, Eric Franson there. I'm RJ Salveson. Welcome to the Full Court Press. You know, if you want to join the show, you're always invited to do so. 435-339-0321 to text in. 435-752-1069 to call in. We got news galore throughout the rest of this show. We got the Lakers and Nuggets. Need to preview a very pivotal game four. The Nuggets were a three-point buzzer-beating shot away from Anthony Davis from taking a or splitting the series at one apiece. Then they took care of business in game three and now we're down two games to one game four on your way tonight seven o'clock uh should be a good one yeah before we get into the the pack 12 because there are things that are have happened since we had our little break uh we'll update you on that but with the lakers and the nuggets can i just say this i don't know who the who's setting the odds on these games <laughs> they're like drunk <laughs> game one it was lakers by six lakers Okay, they did well in game one. Game two, Lakers by six and a half. They barely win at the buzzer. Game three, Lakers by six. Like, can you not like look at what's going on? Stop being lazy. <laughs> game four will be Lakers by six. Man, Eric's trying game to Game 5 will be Lakers by 6. Eric's trying to put in his bets and he's I mean it's just not helping. You guys got to be better. I mean do your job. Really? <laughs> the last two games you're still saying Lakers by 6. <laughs> uh Eric, uh, we are going to get into some Lakers Nuggets preview. Again, should be a good one tonight, 7 o'clock on TNT. Uh can Jamal Murray continue his absolute show that he's put on all playoffs long? and get his team to at least a split of this series and at least force a game six, something that the Lakers haven't seen yet in the playoff bubble, something that the Nuggets have been through all like, the entire playoff bubble long. Very familiar. So, yeah, the Lakers have not seen a long series. Nope. So the longer it goes, is that... The more uncomfortable the Lakers get. Yeah. Uh, Erica, you've you've been seeing tweets and you've been uh, kind of reading them out as you've been seeing them go. What have you seen? What have you heard? In regard to the Pac-12, again, a reminder for our Mount West Conference fanatics, and that includes Eric and I, uh, they are me- they have met, or they are meeting, and then they'll have a meeting tomorrow. The Pac-12 was going to do the same as well. They met today, and then came out a bunch of news. Yeah, a press conference is scheduled to take place at 6 o'clock our time. Um, so the, the Pac-12 has beaten the Mountain West to a decision, to an announcement. Uh, John Wilner was the first to report that uh, the uh, Pac-12 would return to play and looked like it would be a November 6th beginning. And the announcement that will happen this afternoon will also include information about basketball, which could begin 
as early as Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, that's funny. That's when everyone else was beginning. Well, but earlier the Pac-12 said no sports whatsoever yeah. until January. So this is a significant change. Not Everybody's been focused on football here, but they've also addressed the issue with basketball. So they could begin like most other schools and other conferences are going to or, or planning on. Uh, Kyle Bonagura uh, from ESPN reporting that the Pac-12 season will begin November 6th. And everyone will play a seven-game schedule with the title game on December 18th. Oh, so one day before the Mountain West Conference Championships. That'd be on a Friday. So it right, starts be a Friday on a Friday night. and then ends on a Friday. Fewer games, but it looks like it'll be a seven-game season. So the question is, will it be the six plus one that we were hearing about earlier in the show uh, last hour? Or will it be strictly conference only? Do they open the window for and everybody else is going conference only except for the Mountain West and the MAC? They haven't announced their schedules yet. So does this open the door for the Pac-12 and the Mountain West to play each other? And if so, does Utah State get a Washington or a Washington State back on the schedule? Does it make sense? And I hope this question makes sense to you. <laughs> but does it make sense to play an odd number of conference games? Does that matter? I don't know that it matters. Okay. For some reason, it eliminates like ties. Seven not, that's true. That's actually a great point. I didn't think about that. It just felt weird that they'd have an odd number of conference games, but like you just said, it eliminates ties and anything like that, so you just go straight into a championship game. I, mean, I guess you could still kind of have ties, but it makes it less likely. What about this? What if the conference had the seventh game was against a team from the other division? Now, that wouldn't make sense either, though, would it? From the other division, if you played all your teams in your division and then played one other team from the other division, would that get you your seven in? Probably uh, not. I think the division is too small. Yeah, you need to have – if you play everybody in your division, that's five games. So you have to have two more. Yeah, that wouldn't yeah. make any sense to me at all then. So, yeah. So then maybe the model could be six plus one non-conference game. But then the question becomes – Where's that non-conference game going to be played? Or when can it be played? For example, we looked at the Aggies conference schedule. And if they started on October 24th, Eric, the eight weeks that they would play would lead right into December 19th. Right. December that 19th final regular that, season game would be on December 12th. That would be the ninth week, the week for the conference championship game. So you don't have any room. Unless you play on the 17th. Well, that's, again, unconfirmed. I mean, we didn't know about this six plus one business with the Pac-12 until today. <laughs> uh, by the way, we talked about this last hour, um, but there just to reiterate, the NCAA there is a proposal, strong proposal. They're expected to pass it that uh, teams will not have to meet the point five zero zero, you know, threshold to be bowl eligible. Means oh. meaning you could potentially be a team with a losing record but still go to a bowl game. Just because it's so weird. And I mean, they games get, canceled. Well, I was going to say, they have a lot of bowls You may look like a better slots. team than what your record indicates. So, uh, Yeah, and as you mentioned, Nicole Arbach, uh, the Pac-12 season would start on a Friday, November 6th. It would end its season on Friday, December 18th with a Pac-12 championship game. So 6 plus 1 is 7 weeks. If it starts, no, no, no. Yeah, 6 plus 1 is 7 weeks. 
just trying to do the math here. The Mountain West Conference couldn't play these guys. It wouldn't fit their schedule if they're starting the 24th. Well, that's assuming the Mountain West does an eight-game conference only. But if they're going to do the same thing as the Pac-12 and do a six plus one, they, they make it work. So would you start later? So you would you start on November 6th then or November 7th? I think the Mountain West could start sooner than that. I think they could start as as uh, as quote unquote late as October 31st. Okay, so do the they math. They start as earlier as uh, October 24th. Okay, so do the math with me here. So if they start on the 24th, Eric, for conference, then that would give them a bye week. Before the championship game, then whoever's in the championship game would have a bye week. Would that be right? It, assuming they didn't play an eight game conference schedule and it was a six plus one model, that's seven. That would end you on December twelfth. If you had, if you've built in a bye week for it, yeah. If you, if you built in a bye week, yeah, you could do that. So you could play on the. You could start on October twenty fourth. You have one bye week, but then would you have that bye week, Eric? If you're the Mountain West Conference, would you have that bye week set in for every team? During the regular season, or would you have that bye week on December 12th before the Mountain West Conference? So you play one game, or you play the December 5th game, you have a bye week on the 12th, and then the Mountain West Conference Championship game is on the 19th. Honestly, I think it would be better to have that bye week on the 12th in case you need to make up a game yeah. and have everybody That's a good point. have it available at the same time. Because if something happens in week three, one something happens in week six, whatever, you have an opportunity to make that buffer. up still. Yeah, you have a buffer period. Because everybody's really going to nice. be open, should be open that day. It's a potential. But again, the, the Pac-12 expected to make their announcement on the start date. And uh, I don't know if it's going to have the, the full schedule lined out just yet, but I think it'll be a, this is what we're shooting for and uh, what our model's going to look like. We'll have a full schedule breakdown and released... Probably within a matter of days. So, if they're doing a six plus one model, they have to have an idea of who. If they if they have a non conference team, they have to have that non conference team informed already, right? Like, there's no way that oh hey by the way we just announced today that we're gonna play a six plus one model. Wondering what your date looks like on uh say November thirteenth. Are you free? <laughs> Love to play ya. Uh, Love to have a game against you. Let's let's do it. What uh, is your calendar open for us? I you can't it's that's too quick. So I, I, I think you're right. If they do have a non conference game set up, then it's gotta be against the Mount West Conference or Mac or BYU. I think BYU is your other option. BYU Yeah, BYU's has games filled up their schedule pretty good, except for they are the open at the end of November. Yep, yep. till the twenty first and after the twenty first, they're wide open. But I, I Again, I potentially don't think, three weeks that BYU could still fit teams in. But again, I don't think teams want to go into conference schedule, start playing, and then have to play BYU and then go back into conference. That's rough. Because that BYU team's not bad. Like I honestly, well, I don't know if I want to do that. What if what if the scenario they're looking at is the six plus one model eliminates travel, and that plus one is somebody who's close to you geographically. So if you're USC, yeah, that plus one is San Diego State. Yeah, maybe Fresno State, uh, you know, goes down to the Bay Area to play Cal or Stanford. Mm, mm. Who would you? T- if, is there a team close in regards for Utah State in the Pac-12 or uh, Utah? 
Utah's the closest. But Utah's not going to play the Yaggies. We've already had that conversation. And Utah dance. would probably prefer to play BYU. Yeah, they'll take BYU, which is odd because BYU is pretty dang good this year. I would, I don't know. I'd kind of avoid that. Based on that one game that we saw against an opponent who didn't do any live tackling okay, for calm a year. down. <laughs> Jeez. Uh. But, hey, let's give them a medal. <laughs> Uh, Colorado was also in a situation over there in Buffalo, right? I mean, they they had an issue. Uh, what their uh, governor was it? Eric that was talking about. Look, we don't, we can't have gatherings of this many people right well, now. Not the governor; it's the mayor of Boulder. Mayor, thank so you. So this is more localized, just to the community of you know, where Colorado, the University of Colorado, is. It, that uh, there's been a little bit of an outbreak, and so they're um, eliminating attendance. Uh, you, you can't go to sporting events. You can't gather. They want to slow it down. Uh, there's been some some issues there. Because uh, Colorado was looking like they were ready to go. They were preparing, and they could have hit the green light pretty quickly. But uh, now there's maybe some restrictions around them and uh, their ability to, to get players together to, to run practices could be a little bit more challenging the next week or two. Okay, so Pete Tamel of the uh, of Yahoo Sports uh, tweeted out: Pac-12 will be starting in the week of eleven or November seventh, with the possibility of games on November sixth. That's a six-game regular season and a championship game on December nineteenth. Here's where the seventh game is, Eric. The vote was unanimous. The December 19th weekend will feature crossover games for all schools who aren't in the championship game. So you got, you got your six regular season games, and then the seventh game will be the uh, championship game for the two teams who are atop their divisions, and then the rest of everybody else will play crossover games against each other. Within the conference. Within the conference. Hmm. Interesting. That would be easier to, to schedule and try to figure out rather than try to find some non-conference team. But uh, it gives an extra game to be played. I can't fault them for that. It's not a bad model. But then who do you schedule? How do they determine what is your crossover opponent? Well, I think this is based on seeding, right? One versus one for the Pac-12 championship. Two versus two, three, three, four, four, five, so on and so forth. So your bad teams play each other. Each other, yep. In the final regular season game of the year. Really? Would you stack a good team against another good team that might prevent them from getting into a New Year's Six Bowl? Ooh. If you have a really good team that could potentially go college football playoff and you're risking uh, an invitation to New Year's Six? Or do you go one versus... Yeah, no, risk it. Risk it. Why not? Ten and no, 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 no. Risk it because look at two makes, versus nine. It makes sure because if you go beat, like for example, let's take a scenario, right? Oregon's going to be in the college football playoff as a one. I mean, they're if they win out, they're in. So in their Pac-12 championship game, and they're playing, say, what Utah? I don't know if that's possible, but they're playing Utah. And then that's that third place team. I guess if Utah's in there. And, and, for example, if Oregon wins, Utah goes to the Rose Bowl, right? So then that takes care of that. But if there's – and this won't happen in the Pac-12. There's no way and you know what. If there's two teams competing for a Rose Bowl or uh, for a playoff spot, 
either way, whoever loses is going to end up going to the Rose Bowl. So, yeah, it, it won't affect it either way on that. Yeah. Uh, again, we'll find out more coming up in about uh, 45 minutes from now. Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, Again, the other thing, too, is we've talked about bowls uh, tonight on the show a couple different times. NCAA's council is uh, expected this next month to approve uh, a proposal that would eliminate bowl eligibility for this season. So it's totally possible some team that doesn't win a game gets invited to a bowl game. Yeah, I guess it is, huh? UTEP, baby, get in there. Go get you some. <laughs> I just feel bad for the bowl game. Like I, I know they'll take anybody, but at the same time, you're gonna get like a one and five football team versus a two and four football team. I just don't know how attractive that is. So if you're a bowl, do you say, yeah, you may have a decent record, but we like their fan base better over there, so we're gonna invite them. Normally, you would qualify, but it doesn't matter this year. Yeah, but who says that the fans are going to be there anyway? Well, I guess that's true. Because Pac-12 has announced that they will have no fans this year, by the way. That's from what the reports are saying. There will be no fans at any of the games this year. Whew. That's, that's a gutsy decision right there. No fans at all at any of these Pac-12 football games. Good for them, though. Well, that's what we, the other thing that the Pac-12 may be saying. You know, what is it up to the local health districts is it up to each school to determine fans and how many fans or are they just going to do a blanket no fans allowed so that that could be a part of the discussion coming up uh, in the press conference next hour and as i said earlier if you missed it basketball is also expected to be a part of this discussion and part of the press announcement at six o'clock and the word is from john wilner that basketball will begin around thanksgiving weekend which you know, the uh, uh, NCAA said you could start games, you start your schedule as early as November 25th. That is the day before Thanksgiving. So it looks like they're right on cue with trying to get uh, their basketball season going, where before it looked like it wasn't going to do anything until January 1st. So positive moves in the Pac-12. And still no word from the Mountain West. Yep, that's right. Mountain West, ball's in your court now. How the turntables have turned. Uh, Nicole Arbach, as you talked about, reporting that uh, the Pac-12 will look to something similar in the Big Ten. Second place team in each division plays each other. Third place versus third place. And uh, so on and so forth in that plus one game that happens. And as you mentioned, Eric, already, Matt Norlander, multiple sources confirm that the Pac-12 has unanimously voted to allow college basketball to return in time for November 25th. That's a planned start of the season. And it was one of the big, I guess, if not the biggest barrier in the past week in regards to the rest of the sport being college basketball, trying to build their non-conference schedules uh, to see what teams would be available to play. Now the Pac-12 is open to playing starting Thanksgiving weekend. Eric, it's time to lock. It's time to load, man. You ready for this? I'm excited. I can't wait. Now, the question is, is Mountain West Conference, when do you want to announce? It's your turn. 
They got a press conference starting at 6 o'clock. That's the Pac-12. Mac, what do you want to do? Uh, Mac is is scheduled to meet tomorrow. The Mountain West was originally scheduled to meet tomorrow, but there were reports that presidents moved that up to yeah. meet today. Today, yep. So it very well could be by the end of the evening we have both the announcements of what's going to happen for the Pac-12 and the Mountain West, and by sometime tomorrow the Mac, and that would be all conferences making their decisions and their plans forward to have a return to play this fall. Okay, so let's really break this down, Eric. Uh, SEC, 10 games, 12 weeks. ACC, 11 games, 13 weeks. Big 12, 10 games, 13 weeks. Pac-12, 7 games, 7 weeks. Big 10, 9 games in 9 weeks. And the Mount West Conference, if they go with that 8-game schedule, 8 games, 8 weeks. Can't screw up. You cannot mess. Like, you have no room to screw this up. <laughs> if, if honestly, because here's the thing, Eric. If one team tests positive and that team can't play that weekend, that really does mess a lot of things up for the Pac-12. I mean, that, that's a, that's a, a canceled game. I don't, you know what? I almost think you should have to forfeit the game. If you can't play because of COVID reasons, forfeit it's an automatic win for the other team it's these are such interesting times aj yeah no (laughs) kidding but uh you know what at least we're on a path uh you know what there's um there's there's more there are more advancements for uh rapid testing the testing is not as invasive it can be a saliva test uh it can be you know, get results quicker. So I think there, all these things are moving in the right direction, and that's why there's been this monumental shift towards some of these conferences who said no games, and there have been improvements with understanding what the virus is and what it isn't, uh, understanding how to test people, how to isolate people, uh, and how to get results quickly so you don't have to say you may have been by somebody who may have had COVID-14, so you have to isolate yourself for 14 days. It's changed. It's become more, there's more science behind it and more uh, information and understanding. So I think those are all good things as we move towards the start of a of college football season for some of these conferences. But all that being said, it's still important that people follow the guidelines and the protocols that are put out there. Because as we've seen in Utah County, when you throw caution to the wind, you get a thousand positive cases every day. <laughs> And it's one of the hot spots in America. So, still got to follow the guidelines. Still got to be careful. Clint Payne just texted me. Says, if you get COVID, you have to forfeit your fantasy game. Dude, my fantasy football game's already been forfeited when I blow a 52-point lead. Okay? <laughs> I'm done. I'm not even going to try anymore. I'm trading all my players. Do you want any of my players? I've got Kyle, I've got Kyler Murray. I'll trade them all. They all suck. Oh, uh, nine three one zero. Text in Eric. I still think the football season won't finish pretty with multiple teams getting the virus and not being able to play. But at least having a football, uh, at least having a football season this fall should allow for a more normal season next fall. That is, oh, the, that that's is a the great bingo point. right there. Right there, head on the nail. Love that because you play this fall or winter, whatever you want to call it, uh, you will be able to. 
play next fall. You'll be able to have your spring OTAs, have your fall camp, have your fall season. That is a great point. I didn't even think about that. Good call, 9310. Thanks for texting in. Well, that was Gary Anderson's big heartburn, that if you try to do football in the spring, that just messes up a ton of stuff, not just for this year with who's going to play or who won't play, who's going to hold themselves out to try for the NFL or um, messing up. What does your eligibility look like? And do we grant extra years to these guys? And the How does that affect your recruiting? But the biggest thing for him was there's no downtime. Once you start the lead-up to, to play, then you play your games in the spring, there's no downtime. These guys have to turn around and now start preparing for the next fall season. And you don't, you know, we don't have development time. It just it was going to be a, a, a disaster for teams to try to play in the spring. It just was not going to work. So the fact that they've been able to work these things out and get something going for this fall is not only important for this fall and have somewhat of a normal fall football season, but it's huge for next year and keeping the calendar uh, intact for the next season. Even if this year you only get maybe four or five games in, then you just say, okay, it is what it is. We tried. We had games that got canceled, but we move on, and we develop our guys for the next year. Maybe, I don't know, maybe there's some cases where you look at granting some hardship waivers eligibility for some of your seniors, but I think in the end, there not very many of those were going to be granted because, it's it, as teams have said, it just screws up your your rotations and your scholarships and how much it costs uh your how much you got available for tuition and everything else so That's it's it's very complicated all right let's take a break we're a little bit overdue for once so we'll, uh, take a break again pac 12 sources are saying that there will be a football season it will start november 6th it will end friday december 18th for the championship game it's a seven game season all will be played within the conference mount west what do you got they're on the clock. Full Court Press coming up next. It's the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It's my partner in crime, Eric France, and I'm Ajay Salton here on the Full Court Press, 5.30 your time on a Thursday, September 24th. Thanks for joining us here on the Full Court Press, wherever and however you're doing so. If you want to participate, 435-339-0321 to text in. A lot of good news coming through. It's juicy as well. Pac-12 sources are saying that their season will start on November 6th. will end December 18th with the Pac-12 championship game. Winner gets the spoils to the Rose Bowl or even higher sites will be the college football playoff. Eric questions, so we're starting to become as... Would fans be allowed to attend the games? And we now have an announcement. Okay, so the uh, the Pac-12 has issued an official announcement. Their press conference is still scheduled for 6 o'clock. But according to their official Pac-12 release, uh, no fans will be allowed. It says, quote, no fans will be permitted at any sporting competition taking place on Pac-12 campuses. The decision to not allow fans at competitions will be revisited based upon health and safety considerations in January 2021. Again, the the official release, as we've been reporting, uh, states that college football will begin as early as November 6th. Um, 
Football season can commence on November 6th. Men's and women's basketball as early as November 25th. All other winter sports um, consistent with the NCAA season dates for those sports. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's, uh, it also goes through some of the testing that they're going to do, the antigen testing uh, that they plan to do, um, trying to make sure that they have regular tests, medical advisory, had their recommendations. Uh, it goes through there, talking about transmission and everything like that. But, um, yeah, it start the season could begin on November 6th and the Pac-12 championship game on December 18th. So that gives Pac-12 schools, to, leaves them in, in consideration for the college football playoff. And the football schedule expected to be released within the next few days. Again, the Pac-12 uh, and Big Ten, Eric, they have not given themselves any core, any sort of room for error at all. And I don't think the Mount West Conference will be doing the same in regards to what their schedule will look like whenever that is announced. Here it is again, Eric. We talked about this in the previous segment. We'll do it one more time. The SEC will be playing 10 games in the span of 12 weeks. That includes a championship game. ACC, 11 games in 13 weeks. That includes their championship game. Big 12, 10 games in 13 weeks, championship game included. Pac-12, seven games in seven weeks, including the championship game. Big 10, nine games in nine weeks. That includes a championship game. And Eric, just a nice little reminder for you, we've had 21 postponed games already three weeks into the 2020 football season. Do the Mm. math. Yeah, there you go. So uh, Mountain West is on the clock. Uh, We wait to see what they are going to say, what they're going to announce. But... Uh, Pac-12 has made it official. What they're going to do with the schedule and how it looks is a few days away. And uh, we'll see what happens there. Now, there's, I know there were players in the Big Ten that were opting out. There were some in the SEC that were going to opt out. But then once there was a return to play plan, now they're saying, ah, hang on there, I'm going to come back. Didn't hire an agent, didn't accept money. So they're starting to come back. Um, I'm not aware of many in the Pac-12 that were opting out. I don't think there were. I don't know if there were or not. Yeah, I think we're okay there. I know there was some discussion, but I don't know how serious that discussion really was, to be very honest with you. So, uh, again, the Pac-12 looks like they'll be announcing their uh, decision to play this fall, slash winter, at 6 o'clock Mountain Time that their season will start November 6th on a Friday night and end on December 18th, a Friday night. It's a seven-game schedule. That includes the Pac-12 championship. So that also means that those teams who aren't in the Pac-12 championship will play in a crossover game against the other teams in the other division with the same seed. So the two-seed versus on both sides of the division, the three-seed, four-seed, so on and so forth. You get the point. Um, but it's but it trends in the right direction for uh, the conference like the Mountain West that they're going to be playing as well. I would almost nearly guarantee that they're going to play, if I dare say that. Um, Mac, I, I, it'll be interesting to see what the Mac does. I know they're they're expected to meet on Friday. Yeah, but they flipped kind of the 180 of like, hey, we aren't playing at all. To you know what, yeah, we're going to try. Let's not. Let's let's be a part of the fun. If we're all going to do it. We're going to do it too. Again, but Eric, it's just that room for error, and I, I can't you know emphasize this enough. Eight games in eight weeks, seven games in seven weeks, which includes your championship. You cannot screw this up. Well, I think it'll be just you know what. There's no there's no makeup opportunities here. If a game gets canceled, it gets canceled, uh, John, and we move. We just keep moving forward. John Russell texting in players opting out was not the issue. It was players transferring. He says, 
Uh, Arizona has lost several players transferring to other teams. Hmm. That is a problem. <laughs> that's yeah, that's not an issue. Uh, all right, Eric. Uh, let's see here. Like, we got a lot to get to. Yeah, let's do this. Let's, let's call take a, a break. Let's call a timeout, and when we come back, let's shift gears and talk about the NBA. There's a big game in the NBA tonight. Uh, and there's a staggering number that I want to share uh, about one of the players that'll be involved tonight. Mm. Very surprising. All right, let's hear it then. We'll get into that uh, coming up next here on the Full Court Press and our pick six. Stick around for that, too. So lucky I didn't push play right there. Or who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and LJ Salveson, you, me, welcome to the Full Court Press, 5.39 your time. You're on a Thursday, we'll get you ready for a Friday coming up here in just a little bit. Be a full show on Friday, by the way, uh, especially if the Mount West Conference does take care of business and make that announcement within the uh, next few hours of this evening. They do have a meeting tomorrow as well, um, and the MAC also meets tomorrow. Pac-12 has announced, well, at least the Pac-12 sources, highly ranked sources, have announced that there will be a season starting on November 6th, ending on December 18th, um, and with the championship game being on the 18th. So uh, that's training in the right direction for the college football fanatics and especially for uh, especially for Mountain West Conference people and especially for Utah State. So, But let's jump to the hardwood really quickly. Uh, as Eric mentioned, as a teaser and going into a game four, big one tonight, Lakers-Nuggets. Nuggets cut the uh, serious lead in half, two games to one. Now try to look to uh, continue their uh, their trend, their momentum. This is nothing new to them. They're used to being down. They're used to being doubted. They're used to being told that they had no hope and chance. And here we are again. We're dancing through the same exact song that we've been through for the past two months. Uh, Eric, this, this thing is far, far from over. It is far from over. Denver is in familiar territory. They have respect for their opponent. But they're not backing down. They're not afraid of them. Um, they, they've played really well in their last two games. They've got confidence and I would say momentum on their side. They feel like, yeah, that game from reports that I'm seeing that, uh, they, they know that game got away from them in game two, but they played with the wire. They took care of business in game three. Um, Jamal Murray is figuring it out. Michael Porter Jr., Nikola Jokic, uh, and then they're getting other help. Jeremy Grant, Morris. So this is a, d- a deep Denver team that's coming alive and, and coming together. Uh, that There's always been uh, some shakiness with the Lakers about their depth, about their rotation. Deion Waiters is out. Um, and uh, Rajon Rondo's had some moments, but he's been wildly inconsistent. Caruso, an active guy, but he's not 100%. So... You know, this is a, you know Kuzma has been wildly inconsistent. So this this Lakers team, yeah, they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They are amazing players. But uh, for the Lakers to take care of business, they need that third option. You always need a good third option, and I'm not sure that the Lakers have a consistent one. Lakers won Game One, one twenty six, one fourteen. Nuggets fans and conspiracy theorists will say that the free throw discrepancy, which the Lakers had thirty seven free throws, was the major factor in that win. And then in Game 2, Anthony Davis, buzzer beater, gave the Lakers a 105-103 win. 
And then in Game 3, the Nuggets roll reverse a little bit. I like what you said a couple nights ago where the Nuggets were the ones always trailing, having to come back from 16, 18, 20 down. This time they were up by 20 and then had to hold on for dear life. Still survived 114-106 in Game 3. So it's it's a little bit different, uh, just kind of the feeling. Still Denver handled the business. Yeah, but based on the last two games, let's still say Lakers by 6. Oh, jeez. Here we go again. We're being lazy. Here we go again. Okay. No, Give me a number. Here's here's the number. This is courtesy of StatMuse. Great stuff here. Uh, fourth, fourth quarter or overtime points during these playoffs. Nikola Jokic and Jimmy Butler are tied with 97. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. But they're not number one. The next, the player above them, the next player above them, the player who is number one in fourth quarter or overtime points, is Jamal Murray. So remember, Nikola Jokic, Jimmy Butler at ninety-seven. Jamal Murray, one hundred and forty-one. Good heck! This dude dials it in in the fourth quarter or in overtime, and pours it on more than anybody else, and better than anybody else. Incredible what he has been doing to uh, play play this best basketball in the clutch for Denver. Hmm. Pretty impressive. Uh, the other thing that's also really important here, Eric, actually, no, we're going to get to that point here in just a bit. Never mind. I'm going to skip that for now. Uh, the turnover issue has been kind of a bugaboo for a lot of teams in the playoff bubble. Boston's one of them. Toronto had issues. Uh, the Clippers had major issues versus the Nuggets. In this series, it really hasn't favored one way or another uh, in regards to turnover. 17 in the, it's about 17.5 for the Nuggets in the three games, 16.5 for the Lakers in the three games. So you're almost looking at par on par or on average for the NBA playoffs thus far. So, Eric, what is the key factor? What is the key uh, number team-wise for both teams if they want to get a win here? What, where is that key number? Uh, that's a good question. I, I think for, uh, I think for Denver, it's assists. Yep, ball movement. Yep, with you. I think it's the ball movement, uh, finding the open guy, um, and to not play selfish one-on-one basketball. I, I think that Murray can do that. I think Jokic can do that if they need to. But they're at their best when they're when they're playing team basketball. Michael Porter Jr. needs to learn that a little bit more. I think he's gotten a little bit better. Um, but for, for Denver, I think it's assists. Uh, for the Lakers, I'm going to say it's rebounds. Uh, they've got a lot more size, and they got to you know, give themselves second-chance opportunities and eliminate opportunities for Denver. Yeah, you kind of took the words out of my mouth, actually. It's really interesting to look at the numbers from Game 4. Game three, I keep wanting to say game four, my heavens. Game three, uh, but in regards of rebounds, 53-34 to 34 for the Denver Nuggets. That is the second most uh, differential in rebounding that the Lakers have lost in the playoff bubble thus far. The other one was game one versus Portland. They have to be a better, re- and especially when you got the size. You got the size, you got the height. I mean, there should be no reason while JaVale McGee cannot get a rebound while boxing out Jeremy <laughs> Grant. I know it sounds stupid, but I'm, I mean, I'm being dead serious. The other thing, and Eric, you brought up something really key in the Utah Jazz Nuggets series. You said the one of the X factors was is that the Nuggets have a third scoring option besides 
uh, Jokic and Murray. And then it was it was MP Jr. It was Jeremy Grant. They always had a third score. That is the case in this series as well. And in fact, it's actually evened out pretty nicely for both squads. Uh, Anthony Davis and James uh, have both scored 95 and 71 respectively for the Lakers. Jamal has 74 and Nikola has 73 for the Nuggets. Their third scores, Eric, they got 18 from KCP uh, in game one. Jeremy Grant had 26 in game three. And so right now, if you look at the bench scoring, it is averaging 5.3 points more than the Lakers are averaging right now from the bench. That third score, if they come to show up and play, is a major factor tonight, I feel like. Yeah, I just feel like that Denver bench is deeper. I think they've got more options. I think they've got guys that um, that can contribute in different ways. And it's not always in points either. You've got to stress that. Um Paul Millsap hasn't been scoring in double digits in this series, but he's been really impactful on the court. So that's I, I just I see Denver as having a little bit more depth to make this a longer series. I'm still not sure that I'm in on Denver as winning this series. Okay. But I'm certainly thinking more that it'll be a longer series and I give Denver a, a fighting chance. The final point I want to make about tonight's series, and we've already talked about it already, or excuse me, tonight's game four is this, and we already mentioned it. The Lakers have not seen a Game 6 yet. The Nuggets have seen a Game 7 both previous series. This is nothing new for them. They are more than happy to walk this dance with the Lakers and, uh, and exhaust them to absolute death. So if the Lakers even get out of this series, they may not be coming out of there with fresh legs and happy faces. They might be dragged and beaten up by the time they get to the finals. The Nuggets will dang well make sure of that. If this series goes six, if I'm a Lakers fan, I'm absolutely terrified. If Even if you're up three games to two, you should be scared because you know the Nuggets don't really give a crap. Yeah, that Lakers team has older legs. Oh, yeah. Much they they want to get it done. Age-wise. And I yep. don't think Rondo really wants to go with Murray another two extra games. If they can, get it over with. If they win tonight, they have a great chance of just trying to get rid of this thing real over with get ready for the conference finals. If they lose tonight and we're split at two and there's a guaranteed game six, watch out. Pick six coming up next from the Full Court Press before we wrap her up for a Friday show. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and A.J. Selvison. Brian Song, Brian Piccolo, Chicago Bears football player, stricken with terminal cancer, told through his friendship with Bears teammate Gail Sayers. Never seen Brian Song ever. I'd love to watch that. Isn't it kind of an emotional one? I'm like the guy like die. Don't freaking spoil it, dude. I haven't seen it yet. What no, part of it? Somebody's battling seen it? cancer and it's like... Dude, you just told me the ending of the movie without even seeing it. Hey, I had to go see this. I've never seen it before. Hey, by the way, he dies. <laughs> Jeez. Unreal, dude. Uh, Weekdays from 4 to 6, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Let's wrap it up on a Thursday edition of the Full Court Press, shall we? With another rending edition, Eric, of Pick 6. Another rending edition? Yeah, rending. What is a rending? So it edition? means to like, uh, like beautiful, transcending, um, chemistry. Uh, it just it sounds beautiful, like an orchestra, like something led by Beethoven. Rending is what it's called. I, I feel like you're just grabbing words out of the air. Why do you always just think I'm making up something? No, why do you always think I'm making up words? Why do you always like I come up with a cool word and you're like, oh, what's that mean? <laughs> you're making it up again, huh? No, 
I know I have a vocabulary, man. <laughs> I just wonder where you get that vocabulary sometimes. Why? Because I actually do. I mean, I went to college. All right. I, I know words, man. Because, and I watch TV shows and documentaries and interviews. I learn words from those guys. So I use them. <laughs> documentaries. I know words. Okay. Let's get to the pick six. Mr. You're such a jerk, dude. Non-losing streak. Okay, so the proper phrase for that would be five-game winning streak. Okay, streakers. Since, since you're them. since you're on a roll, <laughs> uh, you get to choose. You want to go first? Or you want to defer? Uh, let's see here. Belichick last week deferred against the Seahawks. I'll defer. <laughs> okay. All right. We got two minutes. Go All right, on. I'll go quick. Uh, Skyview versus Mountain Crest. I've got Skyview by 10.5. Over. I'm going to take the over. We're both Mustangs alums, and it makes us sad to hear us say that. Uh, who's going to have more passing yards, Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees? They face each other this weekend. Where at? Ooh, I just had that. I clicked out of it. That's important to know. It is, actually. That game will be played in New Orleans. Rodgers. I'm going to go with... Ooh, both of them, their top receiver is out. Um, I'm going to go with Breeze. Even with Alvin Kamara and... Okay, cool. Yeah. That's no, that's great. It's in their place and they didn't perform well last week, so they're gonna come out better. Okay, okay last one. Jamal Murray points in game five, twenty five and a half. Over. I'm gonna take the under. Actually. Army at Cincinnati, Army. Two hundred and twelve and a half yards rushing. Over under. How many yards rushing? Two twelve. Ooh, uh take the over. I'm going to say under. The line for Texas and Texas Tech is Texas minus 17 and a half. Oh, jeez. Over, under. Where's that game played? <laughs> it's at Lubbock. It's, so it's at Texas Tech. It's 17 and a half? Yeah. Uh, you're taking the... You said you're taking the over? I haven't said anything yet. Oh. Um, I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under as well. I think, I think Matt Wells and the squad makes a game of it. Uh, and then finally, BYU versus Troy. Zach Wilson, 205 and a half yards passing over under. 205? And a half. 205 and a half. Uh, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the, uh, over. I'll take the over. I'm not confident in that one though. I think they might run it down their throat. Yeah, they may. That's what make gave me pause. I think that they're they may go to the running game a little bit more. Absolutely. All right, that's it. Going to do it for a Thursday night show. We'll talk to you tomorrow to get you ready for regional and football, and hopefully a Mount West Conference football announcement. Good night. Goodbye.
Saturday on Compass Media Network's coverage of NCAA football. It's a primetime battle for the state of Florida as the 12th-ranked Miami Hurricanes host the Florida State Seminoles. Hi, this is TJ Reeve. Join Tiki Barber and me for all the action as these two powerhouses look to write another chapter in their historic rivalry. It's Florida State and Miami. If it's college football, it's right here. Saturday at 5 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.